And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session here for another guest speaker episode here at AOA Studios. And if you are an artist or a content creator, make sure you hit us up. We got plenty. We offer plenty of services for video content, audio recording, podcasting, and so much more. Head to our website, www.aoastudios.org. And for this episode, I am joined by a very special guest. He made quite the trek to get out here, all the way from yes, Ludlow, yes, Mass. Massachusetts, coming from Western Mass all the way to the North Shore of Massachusetts, and I am joined by Mikey Black, or is now now going by Blackbird, formerly Mikey Black. The artist formerly known as Mikey Black. Yes, <laughs> and pleasure to see you, man. Yeah, pleasure to, me. of course, me. man. No, this is this is absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, you're here, obviously at AOA Studios, and here on the Turntable Teachers making your debut. And um, long dude, time coming. I know, right? Yeah. We've been talking about this for quite a long right, time. Right. How you been, man? What's going on? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Just you know, working on the album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just in album mode, you know. Awesome. So excited to put it out for everyone to hear it. Yeah, man, yeah. I love it. I, I've heard it obviously, and uh, obviously the, the album's out now. Yeah. Everyone can stream that on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your music. It's going to be uh, linked in the description. I'm sure we'll play a track from it a little bit later on. Perfect. Um, but yeah, so I want to get going and talk to you a little bit about your upbringing. Um, this is the objective uh, part of the episode where we get to know you right, and get right. a little bit of background. So obviously, you grew up in Ludlow, um, and I know that like growing up, you were a huge fan of you know rock music music and really public enemy was like who got you into rap right yeah, like that yeah, was like yeah, the group that entity that got you in now you're a huge lincoln park fan as well uh, pink floyd the birds as the well birds, it was, yeah. just, was that kind of like a part of like why the name changed uh, as yeah well? definitely definitely it came from because i was a huge fan of the birds since like i was a kid them and the beatles gotcha. you know and just just a lot of the music i was making is a lot more indie a lot more and um so i wanted a name that like went with that sure and and also blackbird is a name of a beatles song so it was like Combine both of those elements. Kind of just worked out. Yeah, there. Exactly, exactly. But then you're also a hip hop fan too, because I know you're a big Jay Z guy, you're a big Kendrick guy, and of right. course, Public Enemy. So, kind of take me back to like when you were growing up, because I know you also come from like a family of musicians and yeah. artists as well. So, talk to me a little bit about like your upbringing and music and like really where you started to like eventually, once you got to uh, being becoming an artist yourself, like molding that sound. Like, I know because there's so many, you're kind of grabbing from so many different influences. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, talk to me a little it, bit about that. It definitely, my dad is a musician, he's been a musician his whole life so um he plays the drums he's been in bands he, he's played with the temptations the four tops no all way. of them yeah so I, I just grew up with music like ever since i can remember music was playing you know brownstone stevie wonder all that um but like when i really started wanting to create music i was like eight or nine and my dad showed me public enemy he had yeah. uh, <clears throat> the cassette tape of it takes a nation of millions and i heard that and it like it blew my mind because i i never heard music that was that like political it had something to say sure you know sure. and like from that moment on i felt like i was always tapped into like to what was going on you know i, I started getting more into like malcolm x and and martin and the black panthers because of that and um and then also around the same time he showed me the beatles so that's where that rock and rap divergence kind of comes because on one point i love like the lyrical political shit but then with the beatles it just really taught me like how great pop music could be and rock music could be you know, I, I actually really applaud your dad. Shout out, Pops. Shout out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out Rick Marshall, the GOAT. Yeah. Um, because 
I love that he got you into a few different kinds of music right, early on yeah, and yeah. he really like gave you quite a palette and I think that that's super important to give a, a young kid at any age yeah, they're at definitely. give them some variety in their life whether it's through the arts or whether it's through like I've always said to like I know we're both athletes and we'll get into that later and we, or former athletes I should say and coaches yeah, and we have yeah. a lot more in common than I think you and I even realize yeah, I know, yeah. uh, as teachers and coaches and whatnot but I really th- and I really think that even as a young kid like you know Kids should be playing different kinds of sports. They shouldn't. Right. They should yeah, never yeah. get sports specific early. You know what I mean? Like oh, really before a, a minimum high school. You know, I even think in high school you should be able. Yeah, unless, to, unless you're a superstar in one. Right, absolutely. right. Yeah. But even hey, but even look at some like you know I, I've always said this like superstar athletes like a, like a Pat Connaughton for example who's yeah. a local guy around. He came coming from around here. I mean he goes he could have gone you know to the MLB. He was yeah. obviously playing in the NBA with the Bucks and he was a great football player and he played those sports almost throughout high school. Right. So it's like playing one makes you better at others. Sure. Sure, because you, know, like, you can pick up things. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, like, do you feel that way with music? Where it's like, you know, obviously your dad gave you these all these different influences, different kind of things, and you just kind of were you able to kind of run with it and sort of like under like kind of pick from different like genres? Yeah, and for sure. Things? I mean, I've always felt that way that like I never was like a guy that was like, oh, I just like hip hop. I just like this or that. I always felt like great music was great music. So mm-hmm. to me, there was no difference between the Beatles and Biggie. Because they they just made great music. They were that great. I they loved, were the you know? so yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, because I think especially as, as a black kid coming from, you know, uh, Massachusetts, it's like I I, that, I think that's so great that you had all those different sort of right, influences. Yeah. And, like, I know you're a Pink Floyd fan, too. Yeah. Like, so that, I think that's awesome that, you know, your dad was able to give you so many different kinds of styles. Yeah, nah. And then when you were coming up and making your own music, like, where did you really begin that? Like, wh- like what... What was like the driving force for you? Because like, when, when did you? When was the transition from basically being like a music fan to like, oh, okay, maybe I can like actually try to be a musician too, like my pops. Um, so my boy Jabari, we went to high school together, and um, I had heard that he was just like producing. Like, we we hadn't seen him for like six months. We're like, yo, what's he doing? And I heard he was just making beats. Yeah. So I hit him up, and I'm like, yo, I've always wanted to rap. Like, and um, we linked up, and. His his beats were just, are amazing. He's still one of the best producers I know, and we just we just locked in, and um, I started making music like that. So it was just me and him for a while, just in like a little closet studio, just. And back then it was um, we were just making like boom bap, like Nas type type songs and stuff, you know. But um, so for you, like when you finally got started and you felt like, all right, like I actually have some talent here, because like I said, as a, as a podcaster myself, like I was not good early on. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So like, when was like the shift for you when you were like, okay, like I actually have some talent here and I can actually like really start to take this a little bit more seriously? Right. I think a lot of it was like just trial and error. We were um, we were just in the studio every day working, you know, and um, eventually after a couple months, like I I, I made this song. Um, called sign me kendrick it was just like a plea for kendrick to sign me and that was like the first (laughs) song that i remember hearing that we played back that like i would bump that was my own song so once i like did that and had the confidence we uh we made a project together and i think that's when i was like yeah this is i'm gonna pursue this like this isn't just gonna be like a side hobby type shit sure sure no 100 percent. and like so the one of the first times i heard you um was when you sent me your project from a couple of years ago manhattan Manhattan, right that i did the write-up on and that was when i first kind of got in um got to know you and obviously getting to know you through like phoenix rios and all the guys at paper city and things like that so um talk to me about the western massachusetts scene because i feel like when we when massachusetts gets talked about in terms of music, Western Mass feels like gets left out. And, yeah, I, and, and sure. I don't want to, and that's why Phoenix and I have had that conversation a lot where it's like, 
you know, I think that was part of the reason why bringing him in like early on, like earlier on when we did was to really try to shine more of a light on the whole state versus just like Boston Boston or even just like the North shore area. So I think, I mean, there's a whole side of Massachusetts that I feel like no one talks about. And there's actually a lot of dope musicians and artists coming out of that side. I mean, you got obviously Phoenix and Jonas and DK and uh, Ishak Anor, who's over. He's in LA now. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different musicians and, and artists and hip hop artists for sure that are doing awesome things from the Western mass scene. So somebody that doesn't really isn't too familiar about the Western mass scene, uh, take them through it. Like what's it like out there in, in terms of like, and how is it, you know, I think, uh, maybe different, but also like how, what, what's the necessary, uh, you know, means to get it, uh, some more, uh, shine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think what our strongest, um, thing in Western mass is that is diversity. Like not a lot of us sound the same. There's, you know, you got Jonas who, who can who can do anything really? But you know he can yeah. sing, he can he can rap. You got DK who's a singer, totally. With me and Phoenix who are more like the rapidy rappers and shit. And then Penny is another dope artist who's yep. like very melodic. Um, so Ish, like you said, yeah. is he does his thing with the R and B shit. So, um, yeah, I think we just got a lot of a lot of talent that like has their own lane, and it's all it's just gonna take someone to pop. I guess, like, sure. you know, someone to get that lucky break because once once one does, the dominoes will fall. Cause yeah, we all fuck with each other, so you know, like when one goes on, we're gonna all go on. Yeah, does it feel like there's like a little bit of a community sort of? Uh, is it community driven out there? Like, like I more the community's so? definitely building. Like, yeah, when when we first got into it, I feel like there was there was a lot of clicks. Like, um, as there can be a lot in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, like you know, it was like me and Jonas and Penny, we all had our like little like crew and then other people had their crews and it was kind of like, well, I'm not fucking with you. But now I feel like, um, a lot of us are converging at the same spaces and, um, yeah, the community is really starting to build in the past couple of years. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, guys, like I said, I mean, I think the Western mass scene is doing a lot of great things. So, I mean, if you are a fan of our show, you've probably seen a few of them on, on this show before, uh, but definitely make sure you kind of give some of those artists their shine. Cause I think definitely. they deserve it. Especially ish, man. I feel like, I feel like I, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's really like taking that next step yeah, in yeah. his career is too. And, nah, I, that's big. and so it's that's good, big. good for him. And I'm, I'm pumped for him. Um, yeah, man. So now I want to transition to the main lesson, which is where we, uh, talk about really the, the things that are going on in your life right now that are, and especially in music that are really prominent. And of course we got to talk about this new album yeah. called Shoegaze for Kids, uh, Shoegaze for Black Shoegaze Kids, for ex- Black Kids. Ex- yeah, excuse me. Yeah. And, um, so I'm curious because obviously I know that obviously the, uh, the influence, that rock influence that you've had yeah. and that alternative music influence that you had growing up. And now you're trying to transition it into this brand new project. And obviously, uh, a lot of people don't know this. I, I think this is like not common knowledge that rock and roll music actually kind of did stem from the jazz and blues scene yeah, of African-American culture in the thirties and forties right. that ultimately led to the, to the, you know, uh, to the rock and roll scenes in the fifties and sixties right, and seventies. Yeah. hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. So, you know, for you, like what was, and I know you being a very socially conscious rapper as you've always been. Yeah. And like, like you said, with public enemy having a lot of that influence for you. So what was like the idea going here with, uh, th- this type of album, like shoegaze for black kids? Um, I mean, it definitely came from, I felt like my music, um, if you had listened to it before, it would be like, oh, he listens to Nas and J. Cole probably. And like, that's it. And I wanted to just introduce like more of my influences in there. And um, the, you know, like when I started the album, it came, I was, um, 
this was the day before a um, protest for, I think it was George Floyd, and I was speaking at it, right? Wow. And um, the day before, I was out chilling, and there was this girl, and we were, uh, I was just, like, playing music, and I must have played Pink Floyd or something, and she goes, oh, like, why are you playing this? You're, like, the whitest black kid I know. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I'm literally about to be speaking at, like, a, at a protest tomorrow on some, like, Huey Newton shit. How am I the whitest black kid, you know? And, like, so I just... Like, I went into it thinking, like, um, as a kid from, like, in Ludlow's a predominantly white town and shit. Sure. So this album was really, like, me taking something that's seen as white and kind of bringing it into, like, my own culture and making it me, you know? Like, it doesn't, me listening to rock music doesn't make me, like, white sure. acting white because at the end of the day, if a cop pulls me over and I'm playing My Bloody Valentine or uh, J. Cole, they're probably going to shoot me either way you it's know? not gonna you matter know, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's the it's the color of the skin type shit right so that's right. really like the main focus of that album is me kind of going off and doing something that's not seen as very black but keeping it black understood no and i think that i think that should hopefully try to inspire like more young black kids that like hey you don't have to just go into hip-hop music right, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like there's definitely different styles you can play with and i think right now it's interesting because i feel like in the early 2000s there was this huge kind of rap rock sort of mix renaissance definitely. lincoln park who i know you're a huge fan yeah, of one yeah. of your first concerts right yeah it was lincoln damn. park this dude really and, is like nardwar <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah. i know you're a huge lincoln park fan yeah. and, I, and i can see like the influence of lincoln park in, in this type of this type of yeah album and his music um but even in 2023 right now i almost feel as though that rock music kind of in general especially especially in the mainstream i feel like really took quite a lull maybe in like 07 08 area and now i feel like there's kind of this new renaissance of it almost i mean looking at even just a couple albums that just recently dropped like for example lil yachty's um let's start here with that really psychedelic rock style which by the way i mean anybody that hasn't listened to the album yet like don't be who i like am and was like oh lil yachty like there's no way this album could be good i heard it was good and i'm like wait no chance freaking listen to this thing not only is it the best lil yachty album i've ever heard but it's easily one of my favorite albums this year definitely which is crazy to yeah, say yeah, yeah. No, that he figured out that sound <clears throat> and like who knew that even i don't mean, I'm not even not even sure if he knew that psychedelic rock maybe what was kind of his sound his, this entire alley, time yeah. and even just uh recently i don't know if you've heard but uh slow ties new album ugly came out and that's all rock style yeah. now granted he's a, more of a uk artist uk rap but even still like bringing that influence into rock i mean sorry i bringing that rock influence into rap like i feel like that hasn't really been a super prevalent thing in the mainstream for like quite a long time nah, and definitely. so was that something that was conscious on your mind coming into this album or was that something that you really weren't paying much attention to it um it, it was something that i started noticing as i was making the album um because i mean probably like you i didn't listen to yachty that much no. beforehand you know um, i've never been a yachty fan yeah nah me neither um but yeah, it was just an idea I had. And then as I was like working on it, I was like, wow, I'm definitely not like on an island here. There's, there's, I mean, even Cardi with Whole Lot of Red, you know, yeah, was, was a big influence. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think rock definitely hit a lull because it was, um, everything just kind of sounded the same. You know, there was no like new way to go and hip hop was really coming into its own. Yeah. And um, so I think like hip hop artists, diving into rock now and because i feel like with the lincoln park and corn and limp biscuit that was like rock dudes doing rap music sure whereas this is like rap artists doing rock music so right 
there's that influence, but it's it's different, you know. And it's not that rap artists haven't tried because no, Little Wayne tried. Yeah, yeah. Lupe I, had a song on one of his albums that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean for like a full fledged project. Full fledged project, like yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely, like you said, I think there's definitely rap artists, hip hop artists that have tried it for a song or yeah, two yeah, here yeah. and there. But when I'm talking like mainstream, like okay, this yeah, is like rapper this the is world. like yeah, an yeah. attention, like this album's getting attention, like the Liotti album. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just not to keep exampling that album, but um, like obviously, you know, Wayne tried it, Cuddy tried it, and it didn't really work either way for those guys. No, nah, I, th- I think the the Cuddy album time will. Will tell that that was a really good album. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Interesting. I I disagree. I I don't think he did it very well. And I, I and same thing with Wayne. I don't I don't think that either of them really were able to. I think tap into like that style well Fact. enough. I agree. With, I agree with you. I could be. That's it's. No, uh, I definitely agree with you because I don't like I don't like the Cuddy album, but I do hear some of it in. You think it'll age better than? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think there's people, not me specifically, but I think there's definitely like the Uzis and. Uh, Travis Scott that sure. probably heard that album and were like, and I know like Andre Three Thousand loves that album. If he ever releases music, maybe that would be yeah, you know. <laughs> well, Outkast, that's my that's my uh, big that's my like, all time yeah, favorite. That's my favorite rap group ever. Yeah. Oh, same. That's yeah. literally, dude. That's so why I have a, I have actually have an Outkast tattoo or oh, Outkast inspired tattoo, and then I also like that's actually the entity. That got me into hip hop when I was yeah, a kid. That album. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. should you not. That was like one of the first <laughs> albums I ever bought, and I was obsessed with it. Oh yeah. And it's funny because I grew up on Luther Vandross, Marvin Gaye, um, Elton John, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Beatles. Like that was like what my mom was Fleetwood Mac. Like that was what my mom All was classics. playing. Yeah. Like and and it's funny because and then even Kenny G as well, um, who's a, just a saxophonist. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was listening to a lot of R&B soul and then rock too. like collective soul was big in my house. Third yeah, Eye yeah, Blind. Yeah. Right. But in terms of like the jazz and soul style music that I was hearing a lot um, when I first heard that Elcat, that speaker box love below album, it really blew my mind because I was like, oh, my God, this is kind of like the same. Even at nine years old, I could tell. Yeah, like, you could tell is, the influences being picked. It's yeah. the same influence, but this is completely right. different it's thing like their own and spin innovative on it. Yeah. and like fun. And it was like. I couldn't stop listening to it. And then I obviously went backwards Dived just given our it. age. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. I, um, once I heard that, I asked for um, back when you bought CDs and shit. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I asked for Stankonia for Christmas. And my brother <laughs> bought it for me, but I'll never forget. I got it back like the case was cracked. And I was like, what's going on? He goes, this shit's so good. I had to open it and listen to it, and I dropped it. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I but love nah, it. Outcast is amazing. So good, so good. Um, but yeah, no, in terms of like the – like rap and rock album or uh mesh but also like uh rock being influenced in now a little bit more in mainstream music like do you think this is a trend that is going to stick around or do you think this is kind of just like a fleeting sort of like blip in the musical uh the mainstream musical radar i think it'll definitely stick around even just broader i think we're moving more towards um an era in music where people listen to the artist more than the genre, you know? Fair enough, yeah. That's a good call. Like, so I think you're going to see a lot more experimenting with not even just rock, but maybe, you know, like, someone, or even like The Pimp a Butterfly was, oh, that was, was just like a, a jazz album, jazz. funk, you know? like. Yeah. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of things like that where just artists are just experimenting with multiple genres, which sure. is a good thing because I don't, I don't think it's good for someone to get boxed into. No. I don't, I don't think there's anything good that comes of that. No, you know facts, what I mean? And yeah. I think that in terms, again, I'll, I'll just bring it back to someone like a Lil Yachty where 
you know, if he had sort of stayed on the same trajectory he was at, I don't think he ever would have had no, an album like this. Let's start here. Paying yeah. attention eventually. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, looking like Lil Pump or someone like that. You know? Sure, like, sure. I think that, in, that innovation and that experimental sort of aspect is so important yeah. when you're thinking about music and just any type of art because you know it, it's not that anyone's really coming up with these new ideas it's just like either the blending or recycling right. of some of these older ideas and that put can your then, own spin on it exactly, yeah, exactly. so I, I think in music i feel like almost everything has kind of been done it's just a matter of now like right yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. like you said putting some different spins on it um uh, so it's something I definitely think is important, and I'm glad you're, you're doing in, in your music. I want to continue talking about the album because I really want to get a nice deep dive into yeah, it. I yeah, want to talk about like the certain tracks and, and things like that. But first, it's time for a pop quiz. Okay. Right. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. So in the pop quiz segment, um, it's going to be rapid fire questions. All right. Okay. You answer these questions to the best of your ability. Um They'll be easy at first, and then they're going to get progressively a little right. bit more challenging. Um, so you ready for it? I am. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Which is the better hip-hop song in general? Don't think too much about it. Just try to, one way or the other. Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst or by Kendrick or Exhibit C by Jay Electronica. Oh, which is the better hip-hop hip song? Better hip-hop song, I'm going Exhibit C. Okay. I'm going Exhibit C. Okay. Um, take me through how you would build a sandwich all the way through the chips. Like, what specific chips you put on a sandwich? Like... Because I know you're a big chips guy in the sandwich. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm going with a Portuguese roll. Okay. You put mayonnaise on it, Italian dressing, Olive Garden Italian dressing, ham, cheese, salami, and then sour cream and onion chips. Ooh, okay. Yeah, 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 I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it. I was I was thinking you were maybe going to say the the right the regular Lay's chips and I was like it's a little little, little Some, basic. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need to go basic, but I like the sour cream yeah, aspect, sour cream especially with onions. everything that you just put yeah, on that yeah, sandwich. I feel like sour cream yeah, and onion chips hit. goes really hit. well. All right. So, being uh, a huge movie buff that you are, yeah. and obviously you're a massive Stanley Kubrick fan, um anybody any young sort of film fan out there who has no idea who Stanley Kubrick is, um, you know, what's a movie that would be like a staple uh, for them to start with? Would you start them on like a classic, like Dr. Strangelove or, or um, Clockwork Orange? Or is there like a deeper cut that maybe is a little bit less known that you'd start people with? That's like I, my first part of this question. So I feel like I would start with um, Clockwork Orange is wild. So I probably wouldn't start you with a Clockwork Orange. But I, I think Dr. Strangelove is a good start because it's funny. It has themes that still are like relevant today with nuclear war and all that. So yeah, I, would, I would yeah. definitely start with Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. And then what would be like your Mount Rushmore of Stanley Kubrick uh, films? <clears throat> um, Dr. Strangelove, Space Odyssey, Clockwork Orange, and Spartacus. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, best film pre-2000 in your mind, best film post-2000? Okay, post-2000 is The Dark Knight. For sure. I love that movie. Yeah, Great choice. That, that's, yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent choice. Absolutely. That Heath Ledger uh, performance, oh, I mean, literally killed him, but oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. my God. I feel like that's the first movie, like, when we were growing up. Like, I remember my dad talking about going to see Star Wars and just, like, remembering it. Yeah. Like, I remember going to see The Dark Knight. That was that's the first movie. Yeah, wild, that, man. That's one of my favorite movies, absolutely. too, for sure. And then, before 2000, that covers a lot of ground. I'm a... It does. Uh, I'm but I know say, you like the oldies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say Blade Runner. Blade Runner. I'm going to say Blade Runner. Blade Runner's good, too. Yeah. I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to go with Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner? I yeah. like it. Awesome. Um, all right. So, as someone who is a massive Cowboys fan, yeah. um, 
And I know you Cowboys fans. I'm not a huge fan of you Cowboy fans, unfortunately. Nah, I think listen. a lot of you guys are very delusional. Every year you come in thinking it's your year. <laughs> yeah, every year. Yo, I always say I'm the most loyal person ever because if I haven't given up on the Cowboys yet, I'm never going to give up on anyone else. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, ladies out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know if you're single or not, but there you go. That's the one thing I don't know. But yeah, loyal guy right here. I do have he's, a girl. Shout out to Steph. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steph. So Steph, as so, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. he's a loyal guy. Uh, she knows. Come on. She, of course she knows. All right, so make a case. Now, I hate that I'm going to ask this, but I need to. I need to because I think it's going to be a really fun one. Okay. Make a case for a Cowboys Super Bowl run in 24. Like, how are they getting there? And if you like replace Jerry Jones, what changes are you making? I was about to say, we replace Jerry Jones and put anyone else in there that wants to win. Great, great. Yeah. I love that. Get rid of uh, Mike McCarthy, bring in John Harbaugh, somehow get him out of, uh, oh. yeah, you know. There's yeah. some turmoil going on in Baltimore right now. You, you, yeah. you could maybe snag... Yeah. Oh, oh, Joe John, you're talking about from Michigan. From Michigan, from Michigan, Michigan right. Yes, I get yes, that yes. confused. No, right. I know, yeah, yeah. Um, so bring in Harbaugh, because, I mean, okay. he turned the 49ers around. He did, he did. Very quickly. Dak, I could take or leave, whatever. I was about to say, like, as a quarterback, not to not to cut you off in the next question, but, like, as a quarterback, like, do you, uh, like, is Dak really the guy? And like, I don't think so. In your analysis of Dak, like... Yeah, my very uh, amateur analysis. Nah, cause he he just, he makes too many mistakes. He's like not cool under pressure at all. Yeah. I mean, we haven't. He's won like one playoff game. Interesting. Okay. And I'm, so yeah. But if we have to stick with him, I think we can win with him with the right with the right coaching too. All right, so you're bringing in John Harbaugh, I'm which in. I'm an Ohio State guy, so I dislike John Harbaugh as right. well. So I already hate this makeup of yeah, this yeah, Cowboys yeah. team. <laughs> hate, hate the Cowboys <laughs> even more. Yeah, and then trade Zeke. Okay. And keep Tony Pollard in there. I think that's smart. Even yeah. as a, as a Buckeye, I, even I can see. I test tells yeah, you that Zeke yeah. is I mean, just, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. he's not who he was. He's not was. the same. And see what you can get for him, like when you can still get some value for him, and then ride it out like that. I yeah. think I think good coaching will get us there. That's, that's, the, that's, main, the, issue. that's the main issue. It's been yeah. the issue since Jerry Jones fired Jimmy Johnson in like 93 or whatever. Yeah. Well, definitely some clock issues for sure. Not to... <laughs> yeah, see, our time management is Time management is definitely it's a problem. Awful. Okay, good to know, good to know. Um, so as a high school coach yourself and a coach wide receivers at Ludlow, <laughs> yeah. and um, what's like the one lyric, I know your, your, your players recite a lot of your lyrics, like yeah. what's, what's the one lyric that like they recite the most in your opinion or like that you notice them like reciting the most? They, they play this song, um, A New Hope, off of like a, it was like a Star Wars themed mixtape that i dropped called the black oh. jedi and they have it in like their warm-ups and um yo i can't even remember the bar now i'm so bad at remembering my old lyrics but um yo hold up let me think it's like ask who i am i'll get 97 descriptions i always knew i would blow up like 9 11 predictions Ooh, so, yeah hard. <laughs> i remember one of them came up came up to me one time like yo i always knew i would blow up like 9 11 i was like bro what are you talking about he's like it's a song lyric I was like, yo, I'm way older than you. I don't listen to the same music. Like, get away from me. But it, it was actually my track. You know, I, I didn't even didn't even pick up on it for like yeah, two days. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that humbling for you? Like when the kids like Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. And there's um like in the in the album, I guess at the high school they do like um like morning announcements on film or whatever, and yeah. they were asking one of my kids, like, yo, what's your favorite song? And they're like, A New Hope by Mikey Black. So I put that little clip at the beginning of oh, one that's of the sweet. songs. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's it's definitely dope to see like the kids are listening and shit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and they're actually like into what you're doing. Right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I get the same like reaction sometimes too from a podcast. Like they think, oh, like I have kids walk up to me everyone, every so often, being like, "I love your podcast. It's yeah. awesome." And I'm like, "How'd you even find it?" No, like, that's you know? the thing. I don't know how they find it. Like they find me on Instagram or something. But yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely dope to see. I love that. Yeah. 
I love that. Uh, last question for you in pop quiz. You're doing great, by the way. Thank you. Thank um, I know that growing up, uh, you would like, you know, obviously you're a big comic book guy. So it's kind of a two part question yeah. and with your friends you used to like draw comic books as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So like, do you recall a comic that you and your friends like made that really stands out in your mind? And then off of that, like what's like your kind of just favorite comic of all time, if, if or like series, if you could, I, um, I remember like, you remember the boondocks? I do. So they were like a comic strip. Yep. So I, I was trying to like draw like when I was like fourth or fifth grade, I was trying to draw like satire comics, comics like that. So I, I, I actually had a comic called like Black Jesus or something. And it was just about, <laughs> um, yeah, Jesus being black and just like him doing black shit in <laughs> Nazareth or whatever. And then the dude that created the boondocks actually went on to create the show Black Jesus that was on Adult Swim. So You're like, I, yo, that was my idea. Yeah, I always <laughs> figure like, did this nigga have my house bugged or something? <laughs> yo, like. That's a little close to home. But yeah, that's the one that, like, I remember my dad reading that and he was like, yo, we got to get this shit. Like, that's so old. Awesome. Like, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. And then, what was my favorite? Yeah, like, favorite comic, like, of all time, if you could, or if it could be a series too, if you had. I, I was comics. a huge Batman fan. And, um, Same. I love Batman. I love uh, The Long Halloween. Okay. The graphic novel. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's probably the one that I go, and Watchmen. Watchmen too. Watchmen's dope. Yeah. Watchmen's dope as fuck. Yeah. I love it. Wow, this pop quiz, man. Great job. Oh, you I've never been it. good at those. I'm glad I got through <laughs> You got through them. Um, back to the main lesson. I want to talk about your album, uh, Shoegaze for Black Kids. Um, big fan of it, man. Thank I, you. I, I appreciate it. I think it's a great it. body of work. And uh, you know, there's a lot of really interesting like instrumental choices. I personally, my favorite song is that Insomniac track. I think that yeah, one's super, that's... super dope. I think it's kind of dark. It's got a nice, like ominous feeling to it. That's kind of um, that old school, like Mikey Black feel to it too with like, a different type of instrumental on yeah. it yeah so like talk to me about the create like i said more let's get into like nitty-gritty the actual album like like how this process came to be like you had the idea obviously you know where were you kind of getting the beats and the production for this thing how did you start to craft the, the album like when did you decide because it's about eight tracks right yeah eight yeah. tracks like when did you decide on the eight tracks like all that like talk to me through it and obviously you have the single rebel as well yep. so um give um, me some insight here so I kind of like I had the concept and the name with like no beats and like okay. really no idea how I was going to do it because everyone I knew like produces hip hop. Sure. Wasn't really like into like shoegazy type shit. And yep. then people I reached out to on the Internet were more on the rock side that didn't have the hip hop element. So a lot of it was just digging through YouTube at first trying to find beats to give to give the Jonas and shit just to like show them the sound that I was that, you were looking that for. I was looking for. And it, it was rough, yo. I'm not going to lie. Like, the first couple of sessions, me and him were looking at each other like, yo, we might need to, like, come up with something different because this isn't going to work out. And then um, we we kind of locked in when we did Rebel and we did um, the, the first track, White Noise. And then he kind of started getting, like, a feel for it. And, and he was able to, like, kind of start flipping some shoegaze samples and shit. So that's how we got Insomniac and um, FUBU. Yeah. And all that. And then um, there were some people I locked in with on YouTube um, that made some of the other beats. But it was it was definitely a process, like the hardest I've ever the most trouble I've ever had, like coming down with a sound, you know, because I had it in my head. But I didn't really know how to like the execution part articulate was and yeah, 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 yeah because yeah, there was really nothing that. Like I could show them that was like what I wanted to do, you know, right, you know what I'm saying right. like. If the Yachty album had dropped a year earlier, it probably would have helped me a lot. You know, like. sure, sure, yeah, that's just crazy, man. But yeah, for, no, for you though, like I think that that's interesting because um, that must be a diff, like almost a frustrating type of thing at first yeah. too to like 
feel like okay this is like what i want it to sound like but i can't quite like you said right because like, i knew the potential but like it just it was not going there you know and sure shout out to jonas because jonas is a genius and he was able to like really lock in with it yeah like patient with yeah that just process. yeah very yeah. very patient because i there was like three or four sessions where that we did that just the songs came out horrible you know but like <laughs> well, Art, but yeah not nah, definitely but um yeah he and you'll hear like his voices in the background of a lot of songs just yeah. trying to give that band element of like multiple voices coming sure, in you know sure. so he was a, he was a huge part of the process i love that and then yeah you got a couple features on here you got penny um yeah. and there's also and then gabe gill gabe gill yeah yeah and jonas and jonas so those are okay. the three, yeah awesome and so what was it like? So I you know you're really tight with Penny. Yeah, like, yeah. Was that sort of just a very like organic song to create? Yeah. So I had asked him to hop on a couple songs that didn't even make the cut. Okay. And it just didn't work out. And then um, yeah. I just happened to send him the song. Like, yo, I did, I did this song today. And he was like, yo, let me hop on that. So we just like, we had to add an extra verse and shit to it. And, um, and he, he killed it. But yeah, but anytime me and him collaborate, it's definitely like a very organic, like future and Drake type shit. Like we yeah. just, you, you're, you're very, you're, yeah. You're I mean, we're we're boys well. outside of like music. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, then you guys know that like there's not as much pressure in the studio because it's like, all right, even if we don't come up with something, right? Here, if it like, don't work out. It's not like hard I'm, feelings, yeah, but yeah. also like we can always kind of come back to the drawing board if we need to, if we feel like exactly. we want to tie yeah, things yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It might, must make that process easy. Definitely, um, and it's it's the same with Jonas. I mean, we all go way back you know sure so, yeah. sure oh that's great uh what's your favorite track on on the on the project I, I feel like and this is dope like when i made all of them like that one was my favorite track at the time okay um but i think um love loss is my favorite one love loss yeah mind if we play a clip for the, for yeah, the people? yeah definitely awesome definitely. all right so we're gonna be right back we're gonna uh, play a song from blackbird aka the formerly mikey blacks yes, new album shoegaze for black kids this one is called love lost and we will be Took the long way home, a time to think about you And I could drive a thousand miles, that's the thing about you When it's time to face the music, I just sing about you Always on my mind, I don't do a thing without you Like summer rays, 500 summer days If life's a movie, you could play this while you come of age And we don't wanna keep it going while the other stays I just want you in my head till I discover grace and I'll give her the word that she would take it Let out my heart even know she could break it Gotta take the chances with the chances that we make it If you can read my thoughts then you know that I won't fake it And if you stay, I'm in the way It'll be forever, give or take a few days And in these weeks, you know I've been two days For like two days, I just shoot gays I think I'm in You ever felt lost? It's for you. Sing a song in a different time. Made it real, anyone could rhyme. All 
All right, and that was Love Lost, or a, a snippet of Love Lost uh, by Blackbird, a.k.a. Mikey Black, from the new album Shoegaze for Black Kids. That is linked in the description. It's also available on all streaming platforms. And uh, we are back with with Blackbird, a.k.a. Mikey Black. And um, looking to, obviously, with this project, like, what's next for you? Like, obviously, uh, like, are you looking to do more, like, promotionally with this project? Like, I know you're obviously coming down here and talking about it, which is great. Um, Mm -hmm. What else do you have planned in terms of, like, making sure that this reaches as many people as well, especially the the youth? Because I feel like this is such um, an album that could be obviously marketed to younger younger you know kids of course and there's right. like i think there's an uh really a message here of just like in general like i don't think it necessarily equates to like if you are black you now need to do shoegaze no, but no i think no. the idea is like if you, you are don't need a young... to do this to be to be exactly. black right? yeah, 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 exactly or any or i think even a younger kid just in general no matter what their race is i feel like could right, find yeah, yeah, like yeah. the figure out the theme of this and apply it to their own lives definitely so, we, we yeah. talked about that too like even if it's like a kid who's into anime or some shit you know right. or who's into comic books like it's okay like that's yeah, just yeah. be you as 100%. long as you're being you you know like what that's cliche but like but it's the truth it's the truth yeah and you know and so yeah, that's like the main message. And I mean, I'm definitely hitting the pavement with this one. I feel like with my past releases, I didn't do much press. I kind of just put it out, just see where it went. But I'm definitely getting it out to blogs, doing doing interviews with um with other people. Great. Yeah, and um hopefully we'll have some shows coming too. So yeah, I was about to say because like for you, have you so have you performed like at, at, like in general like yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. like yeah like not as, not as since perform- not since COVID. Interesting. But, yeah. Okay. Um, so what do you think that'll be like for you once you hit like hit the stage again? Like, is that gonna be, uh, is that gonna some like almost like riding a bike, or is that gonna be like a, almost a process? I hope you have it's to like riding a bike. Um, I mean, for me, performing like I'm always hella nervous before I go on. Sure, then, sure. Right when like the first bar hits, I'm like, yo, this is where I need to be. Like, yeah. And I'm, it's just it's like an adrenaline rush. Um, I mean, disassociate kind of block yeah, that exactly, all that, all yeah. that other it's, shit out. I mean, it's yeah. a lot like playing sports and shit. Like, right, yeah, right. makes total sense. Um. But I mean, obviously, there's a lot more um, singing now involved than there would have been back in the day. So that'll be like a a new thing to you know kind of conquer and totally. But I, I mean, I look forward to it. And I know I can do it. So yeah, yeah, no, definitely, no, definitely. I think um, the body works good, and, like good enough that I think you should do more with it, and like definitely right, make sure definitely. you push it out yeah, there yeah. and get be able to perform it. So yeah, guys, make sure you follow. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll do the socials thing at the end, but you know, make sure you obviously follow him for any sort of tour dates and uh, you know any uh, any any uh, shows that you might have coming yes, up. Sir. And um, I want to uh, transition slightly. We did talk a little bit about sports, and I want to kind of kind of transition a little bit into um, what you do day to day, which is like very similar <laughs> to what I do day to day, which yeah. is teaching and coaching and. Um, so I know you, you and I are a little bit on different uh, ends of the spectrum. You're in the elementary school yeah, still, right? Yeah. Versus like I'm in the high school. Um, so for you, like I'm curious of like when you – and then obviously you coach high school. So like you actually kind of – in a weird way, you get to see sort of both, both ends, ends of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I was a lot younger, I actually did um, – a lot of people don't know this, but I taught preschool as well for oh, a couple word. of years. Right? When I was at Framingham State, um, there was a preschool on campus and it was, um, a work study and I got to do that for like three years and it was a great experience for me. It, it, it solidified that I actually didn't want to teach young kids, but, yeah, 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 but yeah. also at the same time, I think it was good for me to like get into that. So, um, for you as being like an educator, like I'm curious, like, what do you think are like the things that really like education, some of the things that education is, uh, falling short with? Cause I know that there's a huge issue right now in public education. Um, and I'm curious for you, like. You know, what are the things that you see day to day um, with your students that like 
you wish could maybe change like going forward and to make their lives easier and also better yeah i mean well i mean obviously this is every district but budget you know yeah. i mean ludlow's going through a crazy like budget crisis right now so <clears throat> you know like just losing teachers and like not having consistency like that's the key thing is consistency for the kids especially sure. at that age like when there's a different pair or whatever in every couple of weeks like they can't get acclimated so right it's gonna look like they're wilding out every day but it's just, like it's really because they don't th- have th- that yeah routine. yeah yeah you know anyone yeah. would be you know like when you're out of your routine i'm sure 100 percent goes wild so yeah. yeah i mean that's it it's just like just pay the teachers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be it could be so simple i mean at a higher like at the higher levels it's like parents trying to like tell you what to teach you know like i know that happens in ludlow a lot too where you know if you teach one thing 50 percent of the parents are going to be mad but if you teach the other thing then the other half are going to be mad you know like right, right. like let the teachers do their jobs you know sure no i can i completely concur with that yeah. I think that's great advice uh or at least that's you know i think a lot of us are like saying those things yeah it's just nothing's really being done about them yeah i mean there's like um i know there's a lot of talk like teachers like or like not grooming kids but like pulling kids away from their parents and i mean my thing is like if your kid feels more comfortable with a teacher than you what's that saying time for mirror it's time to look in the mirror you know absolutely and i don't i'm not saying that it doesn't happen no for yeah but i'm not i don't buy the narrative I just don't. It's happening nationwide, and that, that yeah, 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 that no, our no, no, kids no. are being groomed to become. <laughs> I, I know this is more of a conservative, like, uh, yeah, talking narrative point. talking yeah, point yeah, yeah. that oh, you know, kids are being groomed to be transgender, and kids are being groomed to. And we're all teaching them critical race theory and all yeah, these things yeah, yeah. that just really aren't happening. No, and I and I hope that you know the narrative switches back to a different in a different way where it's like okay, you know. Maybe if you guys actually just walked into a classroom and like observe what was going on, like that would help people to understand what's right, going definitely, on. Right, definitely. Because I would never. And here's the thing: like it's the same thing as like I don't know what happens day to day in a hospital, for example. Right. So it's like for me to go out there and say, "Oh, we need reforms in our hospitals because of X, Y, and Z." If I just yeah, yeah. made shit up or heard some talking, right? Point you're not on the ground I, floor of it anyway. I don't so know like, what's yeah, going yeah. on. So how would I know? So I feel like a lot of these people that are talking about educational reform in those ways don't even really understand or know what's going really going no, definitely. on. Definitely. And I mean, if you the people talking about like critical race theory, if you ask them what it is, they have no idea. Like, they no. don't know. They're like, oh, well, because they heard it on Fox News. It's all, you know, like, <laughs> it's just propaganda that gets... And I get it. Like, people are worried about their kids, but... No, 100%. I mean, you can't let the media twist your mind like that. Yeah, you know? and like, not to get, and like, yeah. Use some critical thinking, like... Right. You know? Not to get super political about it, but it's just, it's just the truth that, like, these sort of talking points are dangerous because yeah. then it, it affects people like you and me who... I would tell... I would honestly say that I think a 90% of teachers... Maybe that's a little high, but... You know, I think that there's a, a, I'll say the majority of teachers are overall doing the the best that they can. Oh, yeah. And I don't, even in my own school, I can only speak from my own experience, but I, I don't know of any teacher that's really spewing anything that I would consider like, okay, that's yeah, a little no, like I've, I've either, either side, either right? side. No, I, I don't, I don't see I think that the happening. Bad, the bad teachers don't give a fuck about the kids. <laughs> like, you sure. know, like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely that end right, that I see, right. but I, yeah, I definitely don't see anyone. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's like anything else. Like, obviously, there's bad teachers right, out there. Like, I, I will not, I will be the first to acknowledge that, yes, there are bad teachers. Like, just like there's bad cops, just like there's bad doctors. Like, it, it's a thing, right? But to, to sit here and. I don't and, think it's systemic. Like, no, yeah, no, no. I don't think it's, there's any sort of systemic sort of problem in education outside of the fact that, you're, like you were saying, like, budget is, is really important and yeah. it matters. You know, like that, those types of things, like, for, to, to, in order to, you know, have programs in place for kids that, you know, places they can go after school and things they can be a part of and even just to have the necessary materials and building structure and all Definitely. that. You I know? mean, that's how you keep kids out of trouble is, you know, like after school programs and sports and all that. Like, I know I was a much better kid during football season when I had something to do and consequences if I did the wrong thing, you know. Fair enough. Um I want. I, I do actually want to talk about the coaching part of it, but I first want to ask you, like, what's like your favorite part? I know we talked a lot of negative things. I, I yeah, definitely yeah. want to. That shouldn't be all negative. Um, like, what's like a really positive thing for you, like in terms of like teaching? Like, what's like your favorite part of the job? And like, do you gain any inspiration musically, like from being with these kids at all? Like, I, maybe there isn't a, really much of a correlation, but curious for you, like, if there is one, and then also just like what you enjoy most about like being in a school, and being around kids. Yeah, 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 I mean, um, I definitely just like the because I'm like one of the only guys like in that age group, so the kids sure. definitely like connect with me and. Mm. Um, just about the young young boys and yeah, yeah 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 so that which they that, need at that age right that's definitely those especially there's kids that like don't have a father figure or something so you know sure. like I'm that dude for them mm-hmm. kind of in between the hours of eight thirty and three so, yeah, 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 yeah yeah no yeah. no you I mean but, we are con- uh, we are kind of yeah, parents yeah, yeah, yeah. to them outside of it yeah, yeah. um so th- that's definitely dope but I mean um like I don't get much influence from them in music but I do get influenced from the fact that I don't want to do this for the rest of my life so I'm like. When I wake up in the morning, I'm like, all right, I need to make a fucking hit so I don't have to wake up <laughs> in three months and go go back to work and shit. Because, yeah. I mean, eventually I do want to be like, my, I want to make enough to just make a living off of music. You know? Oh, of course. Not, yeah. I mean, I've always said if I could make as much as I do teaching for music, you I'd would. quit my job right now. Like, Absolutely. I don't need to be Drake. I don't need to be a billionaire or nothing. Yeah, you want to make yeah, an I honest wanna, living. Yeah, just yeah. make an honest living. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's like a rewarding... <laughs> piece of that too though to be around the kids yeah like, no I definitely that, that definitely. really that i'm sure yeah, is helpful I, I would be doing something else if i didn't like it you know sure like, yeah, sure yeah no 100 percent um and then the coaching aspect of it too like what's that been like for you because i know like you know if i was being like a former athlete like yeah. it all kind of ends for all of us like being a former high, high school yeah. basketball player and then playing a little bit of college basketball um you know i've been out of out of the actual game itself for you know 10 years but i've been coaching for the last 10 years and i just actually finished my last season i'm, I'm not going back next year but um but yeah no it's a, it's been a huge part of my identity so for you though like as a you know a football coach like how has that sort of like shaped your like being as just as like a human being and like also like supplements like what you do during the day teaching like younger kids? Yeah, I mean, it's like the I'm sure it was the same for you. It's the closest that you can get to like playing again. Mm. So that's like there like I love I love football. So there was like a huge piece like missing, I feel like. Mm. And this is like the closest I'm going to get to. like. <laughs> and I tried to tell the kids that I'm like, yo, I would do anything to just like get out there for one more game, you know. So. I mean, it can be frustrating because it's kids, you know, sometimes, but like, it's just like when you go back to when you were playing, like you hated practice, but you would go back and do it again if you wanted to, or if you could. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. 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 How'd, how'd you guys season go this past, uh, this past it, fall? It, it was rough. We had some injuries, uh-huh. but, um, 
I mean, we we won a few games down the stretch. Good, and we won our Thanksgiving game, which is like that's always anyone, anyone cares about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, yeah that's we, always we shut them out in Thanksgiving. So oh great, that was a good way to go out. Yeah, um, no, I think that like what you're saying is, is massively accurate. And then like I tell my kids that like my players that all the time, where it's like you know you will one day look back, or you don't want to one day look back and be like wow like. I wish I had enjoyed that a little bit more. Yeah, I wish yeah, I had yeah. taken that just a little bit more seriously, especially right, if they really the love this sport. Like you, yeah. yeah, like I tell them all the time. I'm like, yo, like, you know, you don't want to wake up and have any regrets about your season after this. Like, you want to make sure that, like, you did everything you possibly could left it out there. Because, like, there's going to be a point in time, like, because it ends for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It really does. And, like, unfortunately, like, I mean, in athletics, and unfortunately, like, I feel like we don't, you know, it's hard because you know you try to tell these kids. It's that. hard when you're in it to see that. Yeah, you don't see it. No, I didn't see it. No, you probably didn't not. either. Yeah, I was so just it's living like, life. I thought I was. Yeah, but yeah, you and know, you, once the whistle blew on Thanksgiving, I was like, damn, I'm never gonna like put pads on again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like when I played my last high school game, um, you know, it's it's funny. You don't think it's gonna be your last game. Like a lot yeah. of the times, you know, like I it fully, I got very lucky. Like my senior year, we won the state championship for oh, basketball, shit. which was great. That was my last game uh, as a player. That's how you want to go out. But I assumed I was going to play college ball because yeah. I had, I was in a position where I was, I could. And, um, and then it ended up not working out once I got there. And so I wish that even though I did cherish it a lot when I was in it, I, a lot of times I still wish I cherished no, it No, yeah, more, definitely. You know? I look back. And, and, yeah. yeah. There's a lot to look back on, but. No, I think as I, I really appreciate because actually the last guest we just had on Chiscapo, and if you guys missed that episode, make sure you go check that one out. Uh, same thing, another teacher, basketball coach, um, but also like doing the music thing and very talented at it. Yeah, so yeah. I think what's amazing is having young the, the fact that there's become a more of a younger male influx of teachers getting into the system i think it's super important like you said from the standpoint of like i think when a lot of us growing up oh yeah um, i remember always thinking like yo, i wish it was a especially in elementary school like i wish it was a dude here yeah it was all sure older women right, <laughs> right. not that that's a bad thing but like you no no because they have that motherly instinct yeah, and exactly. it's important but you still want that male yeah yeah too. Definitely, it's definitely. important and i and i like to see that more males are getting into the into, yeah, the, into sure. the profession, and especially as coaching too, because like yeah, I think kids just they do need mentors. Yeah, and you can make a difference. Like you never know, like for one kid, like you might be like that difference maker for him somehow. One hundred percent. So yeah, that's like the rewarding part of it all. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Man, I love it. Well, Mikey, this has been our Blackbird. I should say. I keep calling Mikey Black. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try, <laughs> I'm gonna try to aliases. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna try to get used to that Blackbird, man. Well, this has been a phenomenal episode. This yeah, has been man, so great so having fun. you yeah. down here, and um, I know you you made quite the trip uh, from Ludlow. So I really appreciate you coming no, down and anytime, coming through to the AOA anytime. studios on on the uh, turntable teachers. Um, lastly, before you go, we have uh, the open response, and in the open response, we of course for any of our uh, you know long time listeners and fans no this is the dream song scenario so this one's going to be really interesting i think for you okay um you get a song it's a mic it's a sorry it's a blackbird song yeah and it can be anyone on the song dead or alive oh. and you get three artists and either one and one two producers okay. on this song and it can be again anyone you want um blended however you want you can you know you can get the hook and give the other uh artists verses you can have someone do the hook and you get a verse and two other people get the verse you can do whatever you want and how to structure this song but this is a blackbird song yours and you get one to two producers and three guest artists dead or alive who is on that dream song you take as much time I as you bet. need so i know kanye's producing it okay 
and Pharrell. Okay. I'm gonna get I get three. You get three, three artists. Features. Yep. All right. So I'm putting John Lennon on the on the chorus. Ooh, John I've Lennon never on the got John Lennon in really? the history of this history of the show. We've never gotten John Lennon. To my knowledge, I'd have to go back in the archives, but I don't remember anyone ever saying John Lennon. Okay, love it. All right, I'm getting I'm getting Johnny Marr from the Smiths to play a little guitar in the Ooh, yeah yeah deep okay. cut deep cut, and then I'm getting Tupac to do like an outro. Whew. it's gonna be a banger. It doesn't sound weird combination, but that's gonna be a banger. <laughs> that's gonna be a banger. Okay. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Blackbird with produce with production from Kanye West and Pharrell, featuring John Lennon, Tupac, and the Smiths. That would be a very would, interesting, interesting yeah. song. We'll uh, make it work, though. We'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to yeah. make it work, yeah. man. I think, I think, yeah, with the genre blending that goes yeah, on absolutely. these days, yeah, could yeah. totally happen. Well, man, this has been a phenomenal yeah, man, episode. Thanks for having me. Of course, this has been so, so much, fun. much fun. This was great. Um, now is the time to plug away. Obviously, you got the album, but you know, plug away socials where people can find you, what you got going on. Uh, let the yeah, people know. It's Blackbird on all socials. B l a c k b y r d. Um, on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Music. Find me there. Awesome. Yeah. And make sure that you guys stream the new album, Shoegaze for Black Kids, Definitely. out Classic. right now. It is linked in the description. And if you're a fan of Blackbird, a.k.a. Mikey Black, and coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram, TikTok, and also head to our website, www.turntableteachers.com, for all the latest blogs, playlists, episodes, merch we got it all up there and of course as i mentioned we are at the brand new aoa studios in beverly massachusetts again if you are a content creator artist musician and you need audio recording uh, any sort of video and multimedia content make sure you hit us up check out our website www.aoastudios.org and book your session today as always, Mikey, thank you so much yes, for sir. being here. Thanks for having and, me. And um, yeah, I'm Mike. This is Blackbird with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially dismissed.